0: MacuHealth with MicromyCell, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and MicromyCell technology.
1: With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a brilliant futures certified eye doctor near you. Welcome back to part three of my interview with Dr. John Nolan. In this episode, Dr. Nolan continues his top 10 most important clinical nutritional trials. If you're new here, And you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell. Also, please leave comments. Be sure to watch our full-length documentary. Open your eyes on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube movies and shows. So let's go to the next study, which is the ARADS-2 study. What can we learn from that study that's positive, and how can it help us?
2: The the ARADS-2 study um, was really a good piece of work because... The ARIS 2 study demonstrated that antioxidant intervention has a benefit. And remember, we spoke about morphology and um, affecting disease. But the ARIS 2 study was very limited um, in terms of its measures, outcome measures, in my view. The ARIS 2 studies um, did not uh, measure visual function. Um, so, again, it was... It, it, it measured acuity, best corrected acuity, but there's no other measures of vision. Our two study, I have it there as an important study though, because even with all its weaknesses in my view in terms of its study design, remember there was no true placebo control group. It demonstrated that the addition of the carotenoids added a significant benefit to people that were benefiting from carotenoid intervention. So, what does that mean? Well, if you just take the general sample, the secondary analysis shows that there was an additional 10% benefit. But where I think the real value in the ARDS2 study came was that when you take people with the very low quintile of dietary performance, they were, had over 30% improvement and, in risk reduction when the carotenoids were added. The pro, I would have liked to see the three carotenoids, mises, disease there, Um, I would have liked to see other measures of visual function. But I actually think remarkably, even with all the limitations of the study design, it actually really validates what we've been saying for many, many years, if you just look closely at the data. And it also shows you the value of looking at the totality of the data, even within a study. Um, The R2 study rightly uh, showed that the primary outcome measure didn't achieve its target endpoint. So it was published as a failed experiment. But the secondary analysis study, when we focus in on what carotenoids did to that population, one of the problems carried two main ones. One, it wasn't a representative sample because everyone is already on high dose. So if you looked at carotenoid scores, it wasn't representative of the American population. They'd all been supplemented for a long period of time. And the second thing is there's no true placebo because standard of care was given as having some of the basic average formula. So there was no real true placebo c- control in that experiment, but nonetheless, I think it was an ultimate validation um, of the use of carotenoids. Of course, they removed beta carotene. They didn't find the value in in omega three fatty acids. I believe that maybe the omegas that they used were not the optimal type of omegas. There's a lot, you know. O- omega three scientists will comment more on that than me, but. Um, from a carotenoid macro pigment perspective, I was truly happy to see uh, the outcomes of what we had.
1: And I'm going to have an omega scientist on the show to go over that as well. The next study is when they looked at different formulations of carotenoids. There was the Maca Health uh, formulation, which I guess you called macu Shield in Europe. Was this the uh,
2: most? Was this the most experiment? Is that what we're on now? The me what's the title, sustained supplementation? Yes, Yes. yes. thank you, yeah. So this this experiment I have here um, because although it was a single blind trial, um, which means that although the participants didn't know what they were on, um, the the researchers did, so full validation of that. This showed us two major things. As part of the most experiment, this was part of the work where we demonstrated that you needed meso to ensure that everyone got a response. That's where you could fill those central dips. But also it tells the eye doctor, the optometrist, that if you want to be successful with a crotenoid intervention, don't expect success to happen in two months or three or even six months. And this is why, again, to go back to the recent publication in Nutrients where they claimed all these things at six months, which are bizarre, you know, A, they didn't have all the carotenoids, but B, you know, it wasn't long enough of an intervention to, to test the theory. The most study, we followed these patients for three years, 36 months. And we had better results, Kerry, at 36 months than we did at 24 months. So the longer you do this in a very safe and controlled way, the better the outcome. This is a lifestyle change. This is not just something that happens overnight, okay? And the other piece, major thing and why I believe this this experiment gets there was it was the the endurance of the experiment to follow these people for that period of time and to carefully track their bloods, track their eye measurements, track contrast sensitivity. And this was the first time where we really saw that with AMD, with a patient population group of AMD, that those um, that are given the triple carotenoid intervention, Instead of them losing their contrast sensitivity, we can improve it. And remember, and I've spoken on your show before about the importance of contrast sensitivity. It's the one measure of visual function that correlates really well with how the patient feels about his or her vision. So it matters to the patient. And when we talk about clinical importance and clinical significance, uh, being able to change that. This was another moment for me, Kerry, when I saw those contrast sensitivity charts in in the active group. And particularly when, as you said at the outset here, when MISO was there, we were changing the normal pre- events of visual function in patients that were suffering with a disease. Now, these were early stage AMD. They had an advanced stage AMD. They had an early stage.
1: Now, in this study, the, the group that had the MISO did the best. It, it, did it just do the best in contrast or did it do the best in other
2: visual functions as well? It did the best in macular pigment in the first. So the, the first piece you need to resolve and, and satisfy is the whole objective of the exercise is can you can you enhance the macular pigment? And that was within three months, right? It started in three months. But as I said, the message from this is you really see an effect six, 12 months, 24 months. And it's a lifestyle change. The longer you do it, the better the outcome. And um, The other measures were glare disability. We looked at photo stress recovery. And we saw um, contrast sensitivity in those environments as well. Mizopi contrast sensitivity were greatly improved. So there was a whole battery of visual function tests that got better. Um, and we needed to, to do the right type of assessment. We needed the right te- techniques to assess these patients. Were they sensitive enough to the vision that we were looking at?
1: And what group did was it? There were three, right? There was the ultra lutein. And there was another. There was another formula. Yeah.
2: So yeah, absolutely. Which was um, so the second
1: best? Which one did the
2: worst? In, in this particular study. So in terms of fixing macular pigment, the triple crot got that central lift and that enrichment across the entire profile. So, so that, that one did
1: the best. That one did the best. One
2: one did number, did the best. Two? Uh, number two was we had a seventeen milligrams of antin intervention. And, and that was one, alone.
1: meso alone.
2: No, it had meso. It also had you always have the other carotenoids. To my earlier point, they come from the plant. So you're going to have amounts of them. Um, but we thought that we wanted to see in that experiment with if we up the meso dose, were you going to get an even better result than the 10102? And the answer was you were not. The 10102 gave the optimal amount, the optimal dose. What we will say is that the, the lutein intervention, which had 20 milligrams of lutein. So we compared like with like in terms of total activity. Um, did, did nothing like what we were able to achieve when we had the three carotenoids present in terms of macular pigment or visual functions
1: so the lutein did the alone did the worst yes of the three now they concentrated lutein yeah so, so this brings me to a study that you did where you measured different companies what was in the pill what they said was in the pill and if you could discuss that uh, at this point, uh, I, uh, and I found that fascinating because people go and to these big box stores or they go to the pharmacy and they think they're buying something, but actually what, what says is in the pill is not really in the pill many yes, times. Sir. Not always, of course, but many times.
2: Well, That was disappointing to see. 70% of commercially available supplements that we've tested, we've tested over 100 now. 70% of them fail their label claim, which means that they do not have in the capsule what they say on the label. And what we see very clearly is that sub- supplements that are cheaply formulated into powders, for example, will oxidize so quickly. There was one product we looked at um, produced from Canada um, and basically it's in, it was in a powder and at 28 days, Kerry, it had zero activity of carotenoid from the time we opened the capsule. So the patients that were purchasing that had no act. The reason for that is crotonoids oxidize. The reason why Mac- MacuHealth is so stable is that it's it's formulated in a way that it's in a soft gel. So the it's in an oil and oil re- will uh, inhibit And I have data now on MacuHealth and other carotenoids, other supplements that's nearly five years old. Um, and it has the exact same activity. And that's great, okay. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. If you purify crotolites from marigolds, you break them from their palmitates, which are the esters that normally keep them stable, they're going to be oxidized. So oxygen and light will oxidize them. So that's really... And look, you're doing a good service to your listeners to make this point because, you know, sometimes we all get worried, understandably. It's costly to maybe take a supplement consistently. Um, but if you're worried about macular degeneration or you want to optimize your vision... I think it's a small price to pay. And I don't even know how much it costs, to be honest. But relatively speaking, it's a small price to pay to, to, to try and get that what we know you will get in terms of taking that up, And particularly if you're at risk of macular degeneration, it's really it's 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 really great, you know, to be able to do that. Well, well I could
1: tell you as a as a doctor who sees patients that have macular degeneration who've lost vision, uh, that they'll pay anything to get their vision back. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, ultimately, waiting until the eye is so sick that you have to get injections that cost three thousand dollars an injection ten times a year is not the solution either, right? So, um, targeted safe intervention would, and you know, I think that's what's going to happen in in, in the eye crot industry. I hope it does. Um, uh, is that the quality, the quality of the supplement? You know that my organization, full disclosure, we we have this service which we provide called Supplement Certified, and we've we've tested many many commercially available supplements. So companies kind of work with with. We're now actually going to be university next month. It's going to be named the um, SETU, Southeast Technological University. That'll be a big announcement. Um, but as part of that, we have um, Supplement Certified, and Macu Health are one example of a company that have you know have become a member of that service where every lot that they produce gets sent at production stage and all the way through the life of the product. And they they monitor every step along the way to validate and make sure that the carotenoids um, are, are stable and um, delivering on their promise of, 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 of claim. And I think that's, that's essential.
1: Give me the name of some other brands that you tested that was in what it said it was.
2: So there's another brand, um, uh, from from uh, Germany, uh, I think they're called Mackie Lux. They're German company. Um, we we use those. Um, we I'm trying to think of some of the others. We use a product called Memory Health as well that we've tested. There's another. Um, there's and another, these all
1: had what they said was in the. On they the- all
2: had what they said. Yeah. Um. They all had what they said. Um. And that's one part of the validation. Stability and quality and then the second question to ask is what we've been talking about tonight, you know, is there, is there stability and efficacy so do they work, do they work over time. So just because it's stable, you know, then we have to draw knowledge from the value of having the three carotenoids having lutein, zeaxanthin and meso there, you know, so that's the, the two pieces of information that your doctors that are interested in knowing how to do the right thing should really look towards.
1: So let's go on to the next study uh, as we go down to countdown to n- number one, I guess. Uh, so this is one with, with the head-to-head re- randomized clinical trials, of uh, supplement antioxidants on visual function in non-advanced age-related macular degeneration. So if you could talk about that but, study. So the,
2: so the CREST study, so you, you mentioned the earlier and about you know what was the supplement we we looked at the macu health and you said it was macu shield in europe it was actually it's now i think it's it's called macu prime in europe it's not macu shield anymore um the studies that 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 we tested were macu primes which is basically the european version of macu health and so now it's it, called macu prime mac it's called macu prime in europe okay now no longer macu shield that's good to know yeah yeah it's called macu prime yes, we That's have it. we have we have listeners in europe that watch so okay yeah sorry i'm glad i, I got to to confirm that and 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 this means that it, what i'm saying is that the source material that we've used which comes from Industrial Organica, the mexican organization which macu exclusively use that we picked the 10102 formula for our experiments so we spoke at the beginning of the podcast about independent research, quality of research, and I said, state-of-the-art, you know, doing all this is important. We, we believed at this point that the state-of-the-art intervention was the MacuHealth slash Prime intervention, because we had stability data, because we had enough exploratory data, single-blind trial that led up to this. And all of this basically, and all the most trials, the Mese anton trials and the central dip work, informed an idea that we could write a grant proposal, Kerry, and go to one of the, the most prestigious funding bodies in Europe, which was the European Research Council. And we went there, and we, I, in the, in the grant proposal, basically summarized everything we've been talking about tonight in a logical way that was understandable. And I said to the government, we've identified a nutrient deficiency related to measles that is a value add when you supplement with three carotenoids that will achieve two things. We will enhance visual function for general population today in real time. And we will reduce the risk of the world's leading cause of blindness, age-related macular degeneration. So that was my claim. That was my hypothesis. And what do we find from Crest? And what we found from Crest was exactly that. We ran it in a healthy population who had free of retinal disease. We changed one thing, we gave them macuhealth. A primary outcome measure pre-published was contrast sensitivity. We enhanced it greatly. So we achieved our primary outcome measure in the general population. We're now publishing the second paper from that, which is shown, was going to show in the coming months, the clinical impact, what that means beyond the statistical impact, which we spoke about. So why it's so clinically valuable to your patients and your, and your listeners' patients to do that. So we achieved our primary outcome. And we did so in the context of a placebo control trial where everything was fair, where the measurements, where the sample was identical, 50-50, we tested them all the same, over the same period of time, placebo intervention, and we achieved our primary outcome measure. In the AMD population, we looked at early-stage AMD, ARIDS 1-8, through so they didn't have that end stage where they needed injections. They had changes, drusen pigments in their retina, which were clear, which were obvious, troublesome they were starting to lose their visual functions. And what we did in that experiment was when we did a head-to-head trial, we had the triple crotenoid versus a lutein zeaxanthin only. And when we looked at the primary outcome measure, we saw the, that the triple carotenoid had, in terms of contrast sensitivity, significantly more benefit in terms of that clinically meaningful effect. So in a disease where people normally lose their vision, Kerry, they really lose their vision. And in a quick period of time, we've given them better vision. And in my view, this experiment alone should result with governments and eye care and anyone who can, industry, foundations, whoever can make these interventions available to this population at the very least. Because these people are, are, we don't need to do genetic tests or anything like that. They have the disease. We need to give them the intervention that the CREST trial, put itself out there was conducted and which demonstrated efficacy of the macular intervention. And this is why Kerry, as you can see it in my body, maybe at this stage, I'm so passionate about this because we put everything we had into this. And this is why I will protect against there's been other brilliant studies that have come along and, you know, studies that have looked at vision and visual functions and, you know, added to our knowledge and will continue to add to our knowledge. Absolutely. We welcome that. But we have to be careful that experiments that are poorly designed, that do not have the appropriate intervention, that do not have the appropriate measurements. And if the data says something that we accept that. So Cress for me, you know, really ask the question. And answer the question that should change eye care today and into the future.
0: MacuHealth, your science born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. This
1: study, along with the low macular pigment study that you did, Mm. are game-changing, studies I use every day in my office. But let's explain what it found. It increased contrast sensitivity. It increased macular pigment it also increased visual function. Explain what contrast sensitivity is. I know it's getting late yeah. but, and what visual function parts it, it, it helped and how it decreased the progression of macular degeneration. Because yes. This is too important to gloss over.
2: No, absolutely not. I'm going to get a pen and um, I'm going to get a piece of paper here. Well, maybe I'll just explain it. So You know, every optometrist would be familiar, of course, with the classic contrast sensitivity curve, right? So you think it peaks at the central. So you know what cycles per degree are. So basically different spatial frequencies, different size targets. So different spatial frequencies along our x-axis. And then you have basically your curve that, that which changes, by the way, with disease and our age. As we get older, that drops, our curve drops, Kerry. So that means we lose our vision. and we lose our contrast sensitivity, that's why elderly population have issues with falling, for example. It's these measures of vision. And I want to tell you, and I want to tell your listeners about Osley and Sloan and a paper, I forget the exact year, but they demonstrated very clearly that the predictor of visual function is contrast sensitivity. So someone that has, and not acuity, by the way, so if you think of your if you think of your curve again, when we measure acuities, which is what a classic optometrist does all day long, you're only dealing with about 9% of the spatial visual world. So you're missing everything else. But if you look at contrast sensitivity, and let's say look at six cycles per degree, which is this low spatial frequency, okay, it's we know that this is predictive of the entirety of the vision. It's a massive predictor of total vision, whether you have disease or not. So if you, have an on, if you have a healthy patient, let's just look at a case example. A patient comes in to you and they sit in your chair, Carrie, and they go, Doctor, I'm not happy. I'm really just not happy with my vision. And you, and you check their cataract and you go, oh, well, your cataract's okay. Your cuties are doing good. Maybe come back in two years. You're letting that patient out of the chair unhappy. If you measure their contrast sensitivity, you will see firsthand their problem. Okay. And we see this in cataract. If I measure acuities versus contrast in patients with cataract, acuities will correlate quite well. Contrast sensitivity is really strongly correlated with severity of cataract and hence subjective feeling about this. You do the surgery, we're going to change cataract, we're going to fix the problem. Their, their acuities will get better, but their contrast will correlate brilliantly well with how they feel. Now, within that, then we've challenges, of course, of glare and halos, which are not always perfect when we do that surgery or when, when, when cataract surgeons do that surgery. So optimizing the, the filtration, again, with macular pigment is really, really valuable. But back to Crest, the logic here was that, could we take a measure of visual function that we know to be relevant to visual and contrast? And, and we, that's our primary outcome measure was six cycles per degree. And what we show in our new work is that it's a massive predictor of how the patient feels. And remarkably, Carrie, everyone that took health demonstrated an improvement in their uh, visual function and contrast sensitivity in the healthy population in a clinically meaningful way. And in the patients with AMD in a, in a, in a, in a very significant way also. So I can't overemphasize, um, you know, what, what I believe. And again, we spoke with ARIDS today. ARIDS looked at disease. We looked at people with the disease and we looked at the different functions. We looked at what matters. We looked at why they're unhappy, what this disease is going to do to them. And we looked at how we can change that with carotenoid intervention.
1: And that goes into the other study that you did with that are free of disease. And I think you covered
2: that pretty we well. Kind of covered that nicely now already. Yeah, yes. yeah
1: you covered that beautifully. So let's talk about, uh, and then you talked about before about uh, imaging lutein and zeaxanthin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you so ultimately,
2: that. that's a validation. Paul, Paul's work where we really nicely with his imaging and this uh, with Raman shows that actually have a look at that paper, Kerry. Have a look at the images in that paper and you'll see the Mises, Ziazantin, ramen um, uh, Raman uh, results, which is really where it's it's concentrated. So there's a necessity for us to do something here to provide the, the these carotenoids.
1: And our final study uh, is the bioavailability study. This is a new breakthrough. If you could explain that,
2: yeah, it's a good place to end because, you know, efficiency around. We've spoke about safety. We spoke about quality. We spoke about stability and efficacy, and that is working. So, yeah. You know, and I told you for the future, we're looking at different applications of carotenoids. We're looking at lowering inflammation, and we continue our work brain. But what this new technology does our new science does is we know as I'm in biochemist primarily. Right. So I really understand, you know, the biochemistry of the carotenoids. I understand the the challenges that we have. So when you consume a carotenoid, whether it's in food or whether it's in a supplement, you're putting something that's fat soluble into a water-based system. So the stomach is, you know, so it doesn't like it. So the, the, the biology of, a, of bioavailability and absorption requires that. That's why we say make sure when you're taking this carotenoids, you have them with a meal. And the reason why we say that is you want to have certain fats provided. Because what you want to do is you want to be able to package these carotenoids in a way that they can go through the intestinal wall. They're captured, taken through the intestinal wall, made available in the lymph system and to the blood system, which is then transported. Yeah, um, the carrier proteins to um the target tissues where they cross the uh, the barrier to the brain and the retina, the blood-brain barrier. So what have I said? I said we have to eat a crotinoid that's fat soluble that doesn't like the water system. The one, the first challenge is, is that even if you purify it beautifully, beautifully, which is what you so you take the crotenoid out of the plant carry and just you think of a crotinoid as John Nolan for a second, a human, and my main Piece here is the crotinite, the basic chemical molecule. And I have these esters joined. So these are, we call these palmitates. And these palmitates in the plant keep the crotinite stable. So it stops them being damaged by light and it keeps, stops them from oxidizing. But when you purify them, they will line up like soldiers in an army and they will form a crystal. And if they form a crystal when they're in the stomach, it's going to be very difficult for the capture. For them to be to go through the intestine, SRB1 has to capture them and take them on their journey. So, basically, having too much of it and it'll pass through its system and it'll be it won't come in in your urine because they're fat soluble, it'll be in a stool sample in feces. So, we're probably wasting a lot of crop that we consume if we do it in the normal way. So, what we were able to do, Kerry, was we were able to um purify it in a way which is classic from all type of extraction but allow the acetate so instead of having the big esters allow small just what we call these acetates it's basically vinegar and it keeps the carotenoid soluble so instead of them joining up like this army situation they're now soluble like when you put a vitamin c capsule into water and go into the water so now we have something that's more bioavailable in the first it's still stable because it has the acetates and the other um, the other element to this is that it has in our stomach from from um we produce these uh boil and surfactants, and what these do carry is they form like a little special transporter package that wraps itself around the carotenoid to help it go on its journey because otherwise it won't and so this um the micellar, which are all things that are natural in our system, you're optimizing those as part of the formula. As well. So we've made it more soluble. We've made it more bioavailable by, by adding the micelles. And now, so we, that was the theory, okay? So then we tested it and we ran six different interventions. And the six interventions that we, we used um, we had the classic MacU Health, we had a MacU Health with Omega, we had, um, I'm trying to think of them all, there were six in total. Uh, we split the capsule into two because we wanted to see if if there's a benefit of having, instead of having 10-10-2 and one, that you just split it, you know, and um, we ran the experiment and the results were absolutely staggering. The You know, we did well with all the interventions, similar to what we did in Crest and most of these other experiments, it, it, like we were able to replicate that, Carrie, but the changes that we saw in blood... In the coast, it's the and Marina Green, Dr. Marina Green, was the she did her PhD on this entire project. We were able to enhance the, the amount of not lutein, interestingly, but zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin, you know, by an enormous amount um, in the blood. And what this means is we found a way to because even within the very good experiments that we've done carry up to now, you have different rates of response. Some people do really well. Some people do not so well. Now we have a way that we can give better value of crotenoid absorption. And particularly for, as I said, the results were clear for zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin. Um, and, you know, did, we ran this for six months. Again, the macular pigment was greater in those as well. All measures compared to placebo were, were significantly better. But it's I'd say in terms of like a wow moment in my science, that I've been working with. I really appreciate you representing the the, the the risk factor paper, the AMD paper that we did. Thank you for that. But I think in terms of like bringing something beyond Crest, which is the gold standard, um, I think being able to enhance my availability of, of what we know to be very good is something that's truly fascinating.
1: Well, so, it, it's, it's not what you eat, it's what you absorb. And if you look at a totality of the research you know you you know eating foods with lutein zeaxanthin taking pills with lutein zeaxanthin mesozeaxanthin getting it into the serum you could see that you could decrease the risk of amd from from 43% up to as high as 93% and a lot of that is what you could absorb. If can you absorb this? Get it? Can you get it into your blood? Can you get it to your macular to protect it? Nature's putting that pigment there for a reason.
0: You know yes.
1: where? You know with all the stressors that we have, the way the the standard American diet, all the exposures we have, we're doing a very good job of lowering that macular pigment. So we have to concentrate on replacing it because it's there for all the reasons. That you've just spoken about. So we need to absorb it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, look, I, I, I kind of feel a little guilty from some, as you're talking there, I'm thinking about Joanna Seddon's work, all these brilliant, you know, excellent pieces of science from these wonderful people that have. So, there's so much information out there. You could never, but I was very biased towards kind of, I suppose, the macular pigment piece um, and the carotenoids and our, our primary research question. And uh, I think your listeners, I mean, we, we led the discussion tonight by talking in some difficult stuff. OK, quality of evidence, levels of evidence, statistics, p-values, confidence intervals. What did it, these all mean? I would still say to your listeners to to have trust in the peer-reviewed system, uh, understand the the totality of the evidence. I think that was a message that comes and
1: I, I would love to have you come back and we could do ch- 10 other studies. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. you know I, I think i think i think that would be that would be that would be awesome but i i know it's very late what time is it in ireland where you are no
2: <laughs> it's like now you. um it's it's now nine twenty nine, and i haven't had my dinner yet <laughs> okay well
1: i, I want to thank dr john nolan for joining me today you know this is a course we just gave on macular carotenoids Uh, this is something that could be used for the the optometry students and optometrists themselves and ophthalmologists we really gave them a course and we're going to split this into uh, a number of different episodes so i again i want to thank dr john nolan
2: if people want to get in touch with you and they want to learn more about your work how can they do that so um that, that that's no problem i have a website and by the way everything i spoke about tonight all the papers we have 116 odd papers now and they're on my website, profjohnnolan.com. Um, and my email and everything is there. You can contact me if you have anything. And all those papers are open access, and which means they're available for free download. I think that's something that should happen um, in science when, you know, taxpayers essentially pay for good research and we need to make that information available. So we always make, at our organization, make it possible for that to be the case. So all those papers, peer-reviewed papers are there. And there's some very nice... Um, information there on and videos we made reference to some of the the documentaries and the and you know i want to congratulate you as well carrie for your your own journey which are uh, open your eyes and and your documentary which is excellent so uh, very happy to kind of co-promote that for you i know it's a, a massive commitment for you and you gave it everything so congratulations
1: well i appreciate that and you are one of the heroes in, in vision science and you've taught us so much over 150 studies that you've done, and, you know, these are studies that we have to get out to, the, to the, the vision community so we can help our patients and not wait the 17 years that the average study takes to get in to, that gets to the doctors to get to the, vision, to get to the patients. So I want to thank you for being one of our heroes. And this is Dr. Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay well.
0: MacuHealth with Micromicell, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicell technology. OIE
1: Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit oiebroadcasting.com and
0: sign up today.
1: Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience
0: Academy. Each generation was supposed to be healthier than the last one. Lifespan was supposed to be increasing. We were supposed to be in this paradise by now. Instead of getting healthier and healthier, it seems to have Gone the opposite way.
1: Millennials were projected to be the first generation in history to not outlive the generation before them.
0: We are certainly headed for disaster. I think a lot of people are beginning to question the whole story. We live in a time where the paradigms are shifting. And the optometrist, in my opinion, is one of the best-kept secrets. The public doesn't realize about going to the eye doctor. So many different diseases actually
1: manifest in the eye. The back of the eye is the only place in the body that you could actually see
0: the blood vessels. Completely non-invasively, you could screen thousands of people, not just for their eye health, but for their whole body health. Because this disease is here, it's also going to be here. And I can look into the back of my eyeball, and there are expert doctors on the ground who are looking at my eyeball while I'm doing it. The eye is the canary of the mind. The eye is the kingdom. Will everyone
2: please open their eyes? Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's
0: natural y es a buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra, and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy.
2: When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You.
0: And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.